Hello, you're listening to the Life Worship Center podcast with Pastor Helene Robinson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this message. They say bell bottoms have come back in. They're coming back. 
that have sort of come into the world. There's that gray area, yes? Now let me tell you how these trends break. We're gonna get the math, trust me, because I, I am determined that in these last days, we will not be tricked or deceived by the enemy. Amen. Yeah. Let me tell you why, why he can easily trick people. When they veer away from the word, or you don't know the word, he'll trick you. But if you know the word and stay with Jesus, there's nothing he can do that will catch you off guard. Yeah. All right. So let me tell you one of the avenues where these trends, and he has made such a huge impact in our world. Listen to this. I begin to say to God, how has this become such a wild and rampant type thing in the body of Christ? Well, listen to this. There are 7.7 billion people in the world, watch this, with at least 3.5 billion of them are online every day. There are 7.7 billion people in the world with at least, that's the Lord, it's more than that, with at least 3.5 billion people online in some shape, form, fashion, or another every single day. It says this means the social media platforms are used by one in three people, not one in ten, one in three people in the world and more than two-thirds of the internet users. People on that thing, internet, every single day. Mm -hmm. Now mind you, if these trends are running rampant, how are they getting around so fast? How do I know what's happening in California and I'm in Virginia? How do I know what's happening in other parts of the world and I'm right here? The internet and these sources have to spread what is going on, amen? Now, trends become popular depending on who's doing it. Now, how does this popularity thing impact us as believers? Here's the thing in the church. We grew up where they didn't care if you were popular or not. We just going to tell you who Jesus is. Oh. Matter of fact, I used to wish my big mama had just a little conscience of being like, she cared. <laughs> She found great pleasure in telling us the truth. <laughs> she found great, and bit my mom, that tall of a lady, light skin, long hair, bit my head, no, pro no problem with telling my uncles the truth. Get your life right, boy. She had to people, she had to point up talking to them. You heard what I said. Get in Sunday school, and they'd be right there in Sunday school. She had no problem telling us what the truth. The idea of being popular and highly accepted was never a thing for true believers. Amen. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells me now that the greatest of those should be the most humble and meek. Mm -hmm. How many people know who I am and where I am should not be my life goal, yes? Mm -hmm. Okay, so to be popular is anything that is suitable to the majority, relating to the general public, Ah, frequently encountered or widely accepted. That is something that's popular. Widely accepted. Can you imagine how many trends now that are happening in the body of Christ that they are widely accepted? Nobody has an issue with it at all anymore. Nobody has an issue 
with it where services look like a club. How about that one? Mm. Nobody has you know nobody has issues where well I, I don't know whether you're going to church or whether you're going to I don't really know. I know it's Sunday though. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't really know where you're going. I, I don't there I, nobody has an issue with with my life looking one way on the Sunday step and then I'm acting crazy on Wednesday. Nobody has a problem. Nobody has a problem with us as believers living in the kind of way. Sanctification is an odd and peculiar thing. Because what we have focused on is popularity and trends instead of what the word says. So let's go to, hmm, uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 3. Now I'm going to tell you how this was addressed, that word popularity was addressed. Now I'm going to tell you, now Matthew is going to take us back to the church where we get to see ourselves. Now see, I won't know what a word applies to you. You just take it in your heart and tell the Lord forgive me. Yes. <laughs> so Matthew chapter 3, starting at verse 1, and remember I'm reading from the message translation. And it says, while Jesus was living in the Galilean hills, John, called the baptizer, was preaching in the desert country of Judea. His message was simple, like the desert surroundings. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. Verse 3, John and his message were authorized by Isaiah's prophecy, thunder in the desert, prepare for God's arrival. Make the road smooth and straight. You see, now John the Baptist was not one that cared about his popularity. There was nothing fancy about John the Baptist. He was telling them to repent. I don't care who hears me and who knows me. I'm just going to tell you what Jesus said. Now, I will tell you as a believer, and this is one of the side benefits of being a believer. When you live a godly life and your light so shines, the Bible says that those that are in darkness should be drawn to the light. So here's another thing. I don't want you to feel that as a believer that you shouldn't have any influence. You should have people that you are influencing on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying we don't live for popularity. No, we don't. But where you work, when people are going through, everybody should come looking for you. You should be known as the praying person at your job. You should be known as the problem. You should be known as the prayer. Yeah? Okay. Verse 4. John dressed in a camel hair habit tied at the waist by a leather strap. He lived on a diet of locusts and wild field honey. People poured out of Jerusalem. Watch this. Now, because he, what he was preaching and the Jesus in him and what Jesus allowed him to do and the impact he had. Watch what people did. People poured out of Jerusalem, Judea, and the Jordanian countryside to hear and see him in action. Oh, let me tell you, when you represent the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and you have a platform and you're letting Jesus be shown more than you, people are going to come. I don't have to beg you to come see me. Trust me, if I let Jesus shine in me and you going through, guess where you coming to? You know, people used to say, I just don't want anybody praying for me. They, when you're really mm-hmm. going through, I want somebody. Hold on, mother, let me make it clear. They get a breath through. Amen. <laughs> Okay, I got 10 people praying for me in general. 
But maybe only two or three of them can get a crack. So in my time of trouble, I go to them, yes? So when John the Baptist is preaching and the anointing of God is flowing out, people begin to come. He wasn't seeking popularity. They sought him, yes? So it says, there at the Jordan River, those who came to confess their sins were baptized into a changed life. Verse 7. And when John realized, here we go, that a lot of Pharisees and Sadducees were showing up for the baptismal experience because it was becoming, my Bible says, the popular thing to do. He exploded. I'm going to tell y'all something. Get you a good message Bible. I like the way it talks. John says, when he realized, see, there are thousands of people out here. They're coming to see John because of the signs and wonders that the Lord used. People were being saved and baptized, getting out of the water, jumping up and shouting. The mothers had tamarind and they were praising God. Oh, they were having church. Everywhere John showed up, they were having church. But the Sadducees, when John realized and looked out over the crowd, not all of these people are coming here for the right reason. The Bible says he got upset because they were only showing up because it was the popular thing to do in the church world. People need to re-examine what they're doing and where they're doing it just because it's a popular thing. I don't go to a particular body of Christ because it's popular. I go because God sent God. I don't get involved in certain ministries because it's popular. See, everybody wants to be in the choir. <laughs> when I grew up, everybody wanted to be in the choir. Everybody want, well, first of all, their robes were pretty. <laughs> and usually they always had a seat. Y'all know it. <laughs> they always, I mean, and they had the best seats. I remember the convocation for Jerry. You know where it got the prayer. Church packed. All the problems had to see. They get there like they still got <laughs> They had seats. You know, they were right there. They could see the preacher. And they had good seats, too. Everybody wants to be in the popular ministry. And everybody, everybody, don't nobody want to be in the hospitality. They're the people that say, ain't not happy with the kitchen. You missed the service. You missed the shot. I can remember growing up, people in the hospitality would run out when people were shouting. Who shot? What? <laughs>
And in come the Pharisees and Sadducees showing up at one of his meetings just because it has now become the popular thing to do. Don't ever go to church because it's the popular thing to do. Amen. Don't ever go to church just because the day after Saturday. Don't ever go to church because, oh, mama raised me in church. I'm all over I go to church because I'm in relationship with God. Amen. Amen. I don't go to church because that choir can sing or that church is quiet. I go to church where the word of God is being preached. And when I leave, I'm inspired and challenged all at the same time. So John, John got upset. He says, verse 7 again, would well, John realize that a lot of Pharisees and Sadducees were showing up for the baptismal experience because it was becoming the popular thing? He exploded. Listen to what he said to them. Brood of snakes. He called them snakes. See, they weren't coming there to hear the word. No, no, no. They coming there to be nosy. Now, I'm going to tell you, they used to tell you when you go to the homeless church to be nosy, watch out now, something happens. <laughs> you ain't come there to get saved, but keep hanging around and something's going to happen. So he said, you're brutal snakes. What do you think you're doing slithering down here to the river? See, when you're going to church with the wrong motives, when people were doing stuff just because it was the popular thing, just because it's something trendy, but their heart was far from it. He says, listen, why are you slithering down here with the saints? Why are you hanging down here with us and you don't really mean to hear the word anyway? You just came down here because we popular and we got this one. You don't really want to hear what Jesus said. So why are you, he said, you little slithering snakes. Jesus. Watch what he said. Do you think a little water on your snake skin, even if one of y'all <coughs> jump up and get baptized? <laughs> <laughs> Love the message. Get you on. Do you think a little water on your snake skin is going to make any difference? It's your life that must change, Amen. not your skin. And don't think you can pull rank by claiming Abraham as father. Ah, I love that. He says, don't think that you can claim because mama and all them grew up in church and I grew up that if my heart hasn't changed that I'm still one of them. No, you're not. There has to be the change of heart. Don't think anything. He says, being a descendant of Abraham is neither here nor there. Descendants of Abraham are a dime a dozen. People that grew up around the church. People that just came to church and never got anything out of church. They are a dime a dozen. What counts is your life. Well. Is it green and blossoming? Because if it's dead wood, it goes on the fire. Verse 11, I'm baptizing you here in the river, turning your old life in for a kingdom life. The real action comes next. The man's character in this drama compared to him, I'm a mere stagehand. Now he's talking about Jesus getting ready to come on the scene. Yeah? Uh, he's talking about Jesus. Will ignite the kingdom life within you, a fire within you, the Holy Spirit within you, changing you from the inside out. He's going to clean house and make a clean sweep of your life. Aren't you glad when Jesus came in, he cleaned house? Amen. Aren't you glad when Jesus came in, he remodeled? Yeah. Aren't you glad when Jesus came in, he threw out the old and now he's giving you new? Yeah. 
Jesus said, you don't need this and you don't need that. Throw it away. He gives me a new life. He'll place everything turned in his proper place before God. Everything false, he'll put out and the trash to be burned. So are we trending? Are we following trends or are we following God? Do you see how important that is? That what I do has to be God-led and not man-led? What I have to do and what I find acceptable has to be God-led and not man-led? We're in a society now where, forget that it's trending the lifestyles that people live. It's plum accepted the life that they live. It's not a matter of whether it's trendy. It has become an accepted norm if a man marries a man. It has become the accepted norm if a woman marries a woman. But as for us as believers, I don't care what's trending and what has become acceptable. If it goes contrary to the word, it's not acceptable to us. Yes. Amen. 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 Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. These little trends are messing up our young people. These little trends are causing our young people that's been raised in church to say something is right when they grew up when it was wrong. These trends is what tricks 1 Corinthians chapter 11. These these trends is what tricks and confuses the believer. Because see, I'm going to be honest with you, after a while when so many people say something is acceptable, if you aren't rooted in God, you're going to start to say, well, maybe this is Come on now. And then when you get the right one, when you get a a, a mature believer or or a saint that's been with the Lord a long time and they say a certain thing is right, then you know it's confusing them. See, longevity doesn't mean anything. It still has to line with the word. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I want to read from the English Standard Version, verses 1 and 2. It says, be irritators of me. See, if you really want to know whether a trend is a healthy trend or not, if it doesn't line up with the word, it's not a good thing. It says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I have delivered them to you. I don't mean the traditions of man. I say what God tells us to do, what edifies the body of Christ. See, if people are doing something and it is contrary to the word, that's not something we do. I don't care how many people do it. I don't care who says it's right. And we have to tell our young people the same thing. I've had discussions with young people. And they will even tell me, well, Pastor Helene, so-and-so doing it. Well. Their pastor doing it. They will come to you and say, and you have to say it in a very diplomatic way without <laughs> saying harsh. You say, well, the word says. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but the word says. I don't get a vote in what the word say either. The word says. See, in order to help our young people not be tricked and deceived in these last days, there are two things you can do. One is live the life before Him. That's the biggest thing. Live the life before. And the second thing is when they come with concerns, give them the word. Then what I can do is give you my life experience. But before I give you my testimony, I need to give you the word. 
Sister Celeste was fabulous because she gave us the word and then she gave us her testimony. Mm -hmm. See, the word needs to precede your testimony. Yeah. I need to give you the, see, the word of God will never change. Mm -hmm. The word of God will never fail. So don't just give me your experience. See, a young person will tell you, well, that happened to you, that ain't happened to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, they gonna, they gonna tell you, well, we didn't grow up like that. Amen. But if I give you the word, it fits everyone's circumstance. Uh, go to John 6. And I tell you, John chapter Say John chapter 6. John 6. Mm -hmm. Well, English standard is what I need to talk today. <laughs> and I'm going to start at verse 16. And I'm going to read a few, just a few scriptures. It says, this is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat it and not die. Mm -hmm. So the bread that we can eat now and not die is the word of God. Hear me now. The bread that we can eat, I don't care. See, these trends and things that we hear and, and stop accepting because a certain person said a thing that is so. No, no, no. The word and the bread that we can eat and live and not die is the word of God. It says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews that disputed among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? But Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Listen, the, the road map for us is the word of God. You know why trends trip us up? Because we strayed from the word. The only time I really cook without a recipe, Sister Shirley, and I'm talking to the quiet, the only time I cook without a recipe is after I have cooked something several times. I mean, like, quite a few times. Then every now and then, Sister Shirley, I got to get that little book out and flip, and it falls right over the other board to that same table. Oh, God, here it is. Because I'm questioning, how many teaspoons? Wait a minute, I made it before. See. We have gotten to the point, we so comfortable with ourselves, we think we know. Nobody wants to refer back to the book. That's it. Yeah, that, that's a good one. We have lived this life so long. We say we've been saved so long that we have started, we have stopped referring back to the book and relying on the little we used to know. So, so then when the cares of life come, I'm relying on something old, and I don't have enough in me. I don't have enough in me. See, the, the, the challenges of life cause me to dig deeper in the work. What I knew last year, Sister Francis, is not going to sustain me this year. I'm going to face some obstacles this year where I need a fresh word from the Lord. Amen. But what we do is say, I've been in this way a long time. <laughs> That's why you can be 20 years saved and some all of a sudden you, you find this person a backslid or something that happened to it. You know what? Because I got comfortable in my walk and veered from the word. Oh, I started relying on that popular preacher or that popular mother instead of me going to the word for myself. Yeah. Yeah. 
much as I love spending time with y'all, as much as I love spending time in the Word and all Bible studies and prayer life, you never rely on any man to seek God for you. You have to do it. But in Proverbs 14, and this is our last scripture, I don't want anyone to be deceived in these last days. There's so much stuff out there. And I'm going to tell you, the further I veer away from the word of God, further I inch away. Now, none of you are going from where you are now totally all the way back. Uh -uh. But there's a slow, gradual easing away. Mm -hmm. yeah. The enemy, no, I ain't, he ain't going to get you to do like you were when you were 17. But every day, he's pulling you further and further away. It's a slow, that backslidden stage is a slow process. Jesus. Proverbs 14 and 12. There is a way that seems right to me. Listen there. There is a way that seems right to man. There's a way that seems that makes a lot of sense to us. Yes, there's a way that seems right to man. But the Bible says, but his end is the way to death. The Bible tells me to lean not to my own understanding. Because, see, my way seems right. Mm -hmm. You know, you're highly intelligent, been in the world long, got a couple degrees, think you're smart. My way, <laughs> I went too far, didn't I? But my way seems right. Mm -hmm. But that's why he says, you and your smart Alex self, get up every morning and in all your ways with your smart self, acknowledge me and I will direct you. Mm -hmm. He says, there is a way that seems right to man. Don't seem like it's going to do no harm for me to go out here and try that. Mm -hmm. Don't seem like it's going to do no harm for me to hop up here and do stuff that the world do. Don't seem, it's just innocent. Don't seem like it's going to hurt me. He says, but the ends thereof is death. Well. I want you to examine. Don't, don't, don't get here to the end and walk with Jesus all this time and get tripped up because we got comfortable in our walk. And we allow the trends to deter us from the word. Amen, everybody. Amen. Let's stand. I want to pray. Thanks for listening to the Life Worship Center podcast with Pastor Helene Robinson. If you're interested in joining us on Sundays, our services are held at the Clarence Cuffey Community Center at 2019 Windy Road, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23324. Our Sunday morning service is held at 1 p.m. and our Bible studies are held on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Join us and be blessed and remember, there's life in the word.